Just a quick heads up, this show contains sensitive and graphic material that might not be for everyone. If you don't enjoy in-depth true crime, humor about true crime, and drinking, please don't continue. We want to be respectful of the victims in these crimes, but as for the criminals, we just don't give a shit. Welcome to Crimes and Cocktails, a podcast where we explore true crime while drinking a customized cocktail created by Tabitha and Katie. <laughs> hey guys, it's Tabitha. And I'm Katie. First official episode of 2022. Whoop Here whoop. we are. We, we made, made it. it. Sort of. Some of us <gasps> did it. R.I.P. Betty White. <laughs> Bob Saget. <laughs> oh, Bob Saget. Well, I'm laughing because to... I'm in pain. It's not because he made I'm it to 2022 and he, he didn't, didn't like what he saw. Honestly, okay. So I know the whole world is mourning for Betty White, and I am too. Like I'm sad, but I'm also like she lived a really long life. You know, like it's kind of like when my great grandma died and she was in her 90s. It was like, oh, it's sad. We're gonna miss her, but yeah. she served her time and stuff. And that's kind of how served I feel. Her time. Served her time. <laughs> I don't know. You know what I mean. Had a good life. But Bob Saget, I was like, it kind of hit me just a little bit harder. Not to say that I love one of them more than the other, but it was just so shocking, I feel like. And then when we found out Durst died, I was just... <laughs> no, I'm okay. I was like, uh, maybe we should do this off air. <laughs> You're all, um, I, don't, I don't agree with you on that one. <laughs> No, though. I mean, like, that's the thing, too, is a lot of people, I f- they're like, oh, it's so crazy that Betty White died. And I'm like, she was 99. She was one of those people, though, that I'm like, she's going to live forever. Didn't think they were going to die. Like the queen. Yeah. I thought the queen, I thought 2022 was going to kick off with the queen being like, she's been dead for six months or something like that. Oh my God. <laughs> because they, they put out that weird article a few months back where they were like, she's entering a new phase of her life and she's not going to be seen in public till February. And I was all, a new, the phase new phase of her life? Like, How many phases the has crematory? she been <laughs> <laughs> What? And so, um... Yeah, uh, don't come after me, though. God save the queen. I think why it's so hard <laughs> is because, like the queen and like Betty White, they are people that even in their old age, they're still all there. Yeah. You know, like a lot of times we see people and they get older, they start going senile or they just they slowly start to take a step back from the public eye and stuff like that. Or they get yeah. sick or something. So I think that's more why it was like, what? No. So... Not Before anyone gets angry, I am sad about Betty White. <laughs> my, when she died, Dylan, my brother, he uh, texted me. He's all, they got Betty. And I was all, what are you talking about? And he's yeah. all, Betty White's dead. But he just sent me just, it was just said they got Betty. And I was all, what a the lot hell of people, are you talking about? I got a group about? text message where someone <laughs> said that almost word for word. They're like, oh, no, they took Betty. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and then they changed the whole group about? chat to we love Betty White, which I'm like, we do. I do. Oh, gosh. So her, her birthday is a, is a couple is a couple of days was I guess whatever 
after mine and she would have been 100 years old and she almost made it that's I what made me i sad, think that she almost stupid was it? it people's magazine they jinxed it <laughs> i know they're the ones that were like 100 years coming up <laughs> dead right you, she's I'm all blaming I'll them show you <laughs> <laughs> but oh, truly man. though rest in peace betty white i was watching golden girls the other day just uh in my recovery of covid <laughs> <laughs> don't watch a lot her. of things yeah but um yeah I don't know, it's sad now i feel like i'm gonna have to watch a bunch of full house just to yeah i don't know yeah. it's crazy he had dirty stand he did like a stand-up <laughs> the night before he died he was on tour really right uh-huh oh i didn't know that that's why it's so crazy he literally it's really eerie when people who die post on social media like right before they die I don't like it. Yeah. It freaks me out. And I mean, it's going to happen to probably 90% of us because we're all on social media now. But he yeah. posted like that night. He's like, great uh, show tonight. It was so Field much alive. fun. Yeah, literally. Literally. And then he was like, you know, catch you guys all in the next town, blah, blah, blah. Oh, like something sad. like that because he was on tour. And then they find him unresponsive the next day. And it's sad, too, because some people are like, he probably OD'd, and I'm just like, we don't know that. And from what they've said, there's no evidence of that yet, so. We'll Even see. if he did OD, it's still sad. It's still sad. It's just, yeah. It's sad. My roommate always says they come in threes. I don't think Durst counts as mm-hmm. the third one. Durst counts. I'm not counting. He's <laughs> famous. Whether we like it or not, he's famous. When I first Would you heard rather about his case, somebody else? I had to look if he was related to, to Fred Durst. <laughs> I was like, who is this Durst guy? Gosh, yes. Like, what? But yeah, I actually watched that documentary. I think it's on HBO not that long ago. It is. Yes. Yeah. It is. You know, my doc binging. Well, (laughs) other than the dreary beginning of this year, (laughs) we've got some great (laughs) stuff planned. I mean, Katie's birthday is this weekend. (laughs) And then we've got, we're going to be, her wedding's coming up. So we've got all these great party weekends coming up. A bachelorette's going to be wild. (laughs) Yeah. Take my phone away. I was like looking at fake engagement rings today because I'm scared to bring my actual engagement. Oh my gosh. I know how I am. (laughs) I'm legit scared. Oh my gosh. You're going to have a lot of drunk nights in your future with that wedding ring on. <laughs> I know. get used to it. I know. I'm just, like, worried about losing it, but... I yeah. guess. I don't know. You live, <laughs> you live, you love, you learn. We'll tape it to you. I'm <laughs> super gluing it to my hand. I'm getting married. See? It's all a bunch of duct tape on your finger. Look! <laughs> Buy me a shot! <laughs> Bitch! I'll never forget... Yeah my sister-in-law for her bachelorette trip and she was all angry because someone wasn't buying her drink (laughs) she was so drunk she was really drunk and we were in tahoe at a club and this is something that really creeps me out about bachelor bachelorette um and we will get to our case here in a minute (laughs) this is something that really creeps me out is whenever you're like part of a bachelorette group or like a bachelor group i feel like uh, I mean, you're like a magnet of attention, right? Oh, yeah. It's People like the, the, the cheerleader effect that they talk about in How I Met Your Mother, right? Yeah. And stuff like that. But... It's also really, really, really creepy to me that people always try to go for the bride or the groom. 
Like, right? They're like, I oh, we're going to make it. you cheat. I'm like, what the hell? Yeah, it's really, really weird. My brother, when he was on his bachelor cruise, I guess girls were going around like, which one's the groom? And they wanted him to like motorboat them. My brother's like, oh, and he pointed out so like someone else. He's the groom. You know, get him. He did it. He did it. And then like with uh, with my sister-in-law, I remember there was another group of people there, there on was their a bachelor, bachelor party. Yeah. And they were like trying to get like the groom to dance with the bride. And we're like, fuck no. Like, we'll hang out with you but like don't no. touch her <laughs> yes. no you can buy her drinks but no and so i just remember she was standing by the bar with one of the other <laughs> bridesmaids and they were like trying to no, if we just stand here people will like buy us drinks and she was all pissed and no one was buying buy her a drink. i remember that you and i were sitting separate from them i think they were in the bathroom and that guy came over and he's all you guys want to buy some yaya <laughs> like, yeah i was like what? no thank you <laughs> He said, yo, yo. Don't we look like we do? <laughs> my feet were killing me. I remember I got in trouble because I took my shoes off in that club and they're like, you have to put them on. I was like, I can't. I can't. <laughs> I can't do it. And that's why this New Year's, all the girls that we, I went on like a girl's trip to LA and stuff, went out clubbing and everything. And uh, it might be why I'm sick now. I don't know. But anyways, <laughs> I knew what I was getting myself into. And I, everyone was like, what shoes should I wear? And I was like, what are your most comfortable shoes? Because I'm not dealing with the whole, oh, no, my shoes hurt and I can't put them back on kind of thing. Like, no. Yeah. Years. We're too old for that shit. Years. <laughs> I don't care I if it's stylish. Make it stylish. I bought some heels for my bachelorette, and I might return them, honestly, because I'm just like... Put them on for do a Do I really want to do that? And then take also, them off. And then take them back. No, and then I'm also like, <laughs> well, Keep maybe I'll be... Okay. I'm all Tabitha. Could you edit out the tag? <laughs> what, from Marshalls? Come on. i fiction. I know. It's all from Ross. <laughs> I really can't spare that eight bucks. I got a wedding to pay for. <laughs> oh my God. Or I'm just going to be so drunk, I will feel like I'm not wearing shoes at all. But that's I don't the know. thing is they won't let you not wear shoes in the club. You no, I mean, I, I'm going to be wearing them, but I'm going to feel like I'm not wearing them. Oh. Because <laughs> my toes are going to What you do is, I've actually seen this, they sell shoes that are like collapsible heels and they turn yes. into flats or something like that. Yes, or just I've carry flip flops with you. Yeah. Hold on, let me get into my slippers. Yeah. Hey, you know what, man? <laughs> shuffle my way back. You get to a certain age. You're already getting married. You're not trying to woo anybody at the club, so I'm not. whatever. I'm just gonna show up in slippers and a robe <laughs> and sunglasses. Buy me shots. <laughs> Buy me shots. I'm getting married, bitch. Oh my god. Oh man. Oh my god. <laughs> well, anyways, let's get back to twenty. So if you see me at the end of the month in San Diego, no, you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> No, you did it. No, you oh didn't. Oh, my gosh. It's going to be a good time. All right. So we're going to get to our story now. Like promised. <laughs> um, it's actually a patron request. So our Woo-hoo! first episode of the new year, we're going to do an episode on uh, Madame Delphine LaLaurie, which was requested by our patron, Donna. Thanks, Donna. I think she suggested it kind of a while ago. And we're like, yeah, we should do that. But then life got in the way. <laughs> been a life guys you already know i'm not gonna get into it <laughs> yeah so madame marie delphine mccarthy later known as madame Lalaurie, she lived 1787 to 1842 so this is a little historical one for you guys 
and she lived in New Orleans uh, in the Spanish Louisiana. She was a wealthy socialite and serial killer who tortured and murdered her slaves in her horrible horror-filled mansion. And I'm just going to say, this episode's, I mean, it's a little intense and kind of not a little intense. (laughs) It's intense. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's intense. Slavery is involved. Uh, It's a part of our dark American history is involved. It may be a little bit hard to talk about. Racism. Um, maybe a little triggering, I don't know, but at the same time, we'll get into it, but some of it is just kind of stories have grown, uh, over the years, so. She's become, like, this American boogeyman, so yeah. she did do a lot of awful stuff. Oh, yeah, for also sure. A lot of awful stuff that was made up about what she did, which is, like, horrific. We'll talk about it, don't worry. But, like, <laughs> what she actually did as well I mean, it's, like, what, 200 years? Awful. <laughs> since yeah. Then, so... That's yeah, a game so, of telephone that for sure is going to happen. Yeah. So um, some of the stuff on here and also like every source we looked at was different because some people believe things that have been said about her. Some uh-huh. people don't. So we're going to give it all to you. And, and take even it some with of the papers were printing things that they didn't have. They may or may not have had actual yeah. evidence to support. Like so, today. <laughs> Yeah, what happens like today. today. Just now, it's we're so far removed from the events that specifically happened with her that we don't know, you know, what's going on at the time. They could have read the newspapers and been like, "That's a load of horseshit," and now we're reading it. And we're like, "Oh my god!" So, but it it, it is an intense. We can story. agree that she's a horrible uh, person. A horrible, horrible Was. person. It's maybe she's still out there. I'm just Cannot confirm, nor deny. <laughs> Cannot confirm or deny she's still alive. She was, so, yeah, yeah, a piece of trash for sure. Yes. So, um, and then like we always say, we like to be respectful of victims. So obviously we will be. Um, but we don't give a fuck about her. So uh, I don't give a fuck yeah. about you. Yeah. We hate her. Also, um, I'm going to apologize right now that I cannot pronounce anything. So I'm going to real try real hard during this episode. <laughs> You don't have that Creole tongue? <laughs> no, I don't. I don't even know why. I don't know. I There's a lot of French, so. you know, because it's yeah. in Louisiana and it's, you know. And I'm American. So, no, so is Louisiana. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. And it's still so difficult for me, but um, we're going to That is one of the things about our country and how large it is. It's like going to a different state feels like going to a different country sometimes. Yeah. I mean, I'm even different like, parts of the state. Like, in California, we're very Spanish, I feel like, centric here. Like, a lot of Spanish yeah. names of cities and things like that. But then, yeah, like, it for makes example, sense you go me. here, it's a lot of French, and you're like, <laughs> yes. I'm all, that don't make sense to me. Um, but anyway, we, we. before we, <laughs> that don't make sense to we. Uh, <laughs> so, before we dig into this episode, though, we got to get ourselves a little, a little drinky-drinky. Um, and it's going to be a stiff one because you're going to need it. <laughs> so uh, this drink is a spin of the New Orleans classic cocktail, a la Louisiane, or also known as the De La Louisiane. <laughs> it's begun. Um, it's a classic begun. drink. <laughs> um, so it became really popular in the 1930s. And we're calling this version Flaming de la Lorie because um, you'll see. You'll see. Yeah. <laughs> also... I was trying to look into, when I was coming up with um, this drink and stuff, I was trying to look in like classic New Orleans cocktails, and there's a lot of rumors that say that the cocktail started in New Orleans, and then I did digging, and that is not true, so 
All right. All Cocktails right. have been around a lot longer than that, but. I remember you texted me, it has absinthe and malt down. <laughs> okay. Side story before we get to the absinthe. When Katie okay. and I first started drinking, I don't even know how it started. Like when we first started legally drinking. It started from. <laughs> Mul- <laughs> yeah. When Moulin we started legally drinking. It started from Moulin Rouge. Yeah, it was Katie and our friend Nate, who's also a patron. What's up, Nate? Shout out. Hey. Shout out. Uh, the three of us were like three musketeers basically in college. Yeah. And we were like, we're going to see those green fairies. We're going to do it. <laughs> One way or another. I never saw them. But no. I did see a lot of darkness because I blacked out a lot around this time. <laughs> Same. Uh, absinthe was like the thing we'd bring to parties is like a party and be like, have you ever tried absinthe? Like, look at me. I'm such a cool hip chick. We were like that. Every party. Scarf we to. as I wear a tank top. <laughs> and the red beanie. Um, every- I still have it. I still wear it. As you should. That, that is- We're going to put that in a museum one day. I have... <laughs> I just cleaned out my closet because I was sick last week and, you know, did the COVID cleanse and went through everything I own and was like, what can I donate? And I came across that red beanie and I could not give it up. I was like, you know what? It is still fashionable. Still wearing it. But But, yeah, we brought a lot of absinthe and then we tried doing the whole like lighting Lighting it on fire and in you know, inhaling the fumes and stuff like that. (laughs) And it was always a disaster. Always, yeah. because when you go to a party, you can't take shots of absinthe to start out. You're going to be like well, beer pong. <laughs> well, we did. And <laughs> taking shots of everything else and jello shots. And that is not how you do absinthe. I was so. drinking absinthe, taking jello shots, like chugging PBR. <laughs> it was a disgusting mess. Um, so My liver is black and shriveled. Yes. That's my liver's a survivor. Or it's so green. this is the proper <laughs> way to survive. use absinthe um, if you're not drinking it by itself. Uh, use it in a cocktail. So in this cocktail, you're going to take your mixing glass. And we're not shaking it this time, guys. We're stirring it. And you're going to add two ounces of rye whiskey, three-fourth ounces of sweet vermouth, a half ounce of... I can say this... <laughs> I'm not even into the French part yet. I'm already struggling on how to talk. Anyways, a half ounce of Benedictine. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I love Benedictine. I was like, I know how to say this. Why is why is my brain not working? Still? It's all looking at it. Eggs Benedict. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. That's what I was like. It's not. And I was telling myself it's not Benedict. It's not that. Okay, so. Benedictine. Uh, and then, I'm sorry if you have to start this recipe over again. So, two ounces of rye whiskey, three fourth ounces of sweet vermouth, a half ounce of Benedictine, three dashes of absinthe, not three shots, three dashes, three dashes of bitters. And if you want to go the New Orleans uh, traditional way, and I may say this totally wrong, Peychaud bitter or Peychaud bitters. Peychaud, I said it right. Peychaud. Yep. Peychaud oh, yeah, bitters. <laughs> that is uh, a very common ingredient in a lot of traditional New Orleans drinks. So if you want to like be a classy, do that. Yep. And you're going to put that in your mixing glass with some ice. Instead, of, you're not going to shake it. You're going to stir it until it's really well chilled. Then you're going to take a champagne coupe glass, which is not the flute, but it's the more like rounded goblet looking one. And you're going to take an orange wedge and squeeze that in there and then kind of swirl it around to get the flavor all around the edges. And then you're going to strain your drink mix into the coupe. 
and garnish it with a Luxardo cherry. And then if you're extra fancy, you can light the orange pill that you just used and put that in there to give it a little burnt crisp. And then you're going to top it with a brown sugar that uh, brown sugar cube you're going to light on fire, as they do with a lot of absent shots. And cheers. <laughs> so, a lot of work, but totally worth it. <laughs> you're going to like it. You're going to like it. I've got three salt. Had to think about how to say that. But yeah, my absinthe drinking days have uh, gone up. <laughs> Leveled up. So <laughs> we're going to have absinthe at my bachelor party. <laughs> oh, God. I'm start practicing oh, now. It's really good, though. It's kind of like a like an old-fashioned with like a little bit of that like licorice uh, flavor to mm-hmm. it. So Cheers. And like all of our cocktails, you can find this recipe on our Instagram at crimes and cocktails, or you can follow us on Patreon, patreon.com slash crimes and cocktails. And yeah, that'll be there so that you can muddle through what I just said and just, uh, read the recipe. (laughs) Yes. And, um, for our patrons like Donna, who requested this episode, um, you too can become a Patreon for as little as $2 a month. Um, we have special patron only episodes. We send you goodies like stickers, uh, you can also support us by rating and reviewing our podcast on Spotify. That is and the Apple. best way to support us, honestly. Yes. So, I mean, I like I'll take your money too, but <laughs> <laughs> give me the money. But, but also, yeah, give us a like, review, a follow, and on Spotify, <laughs> like Katie was saying, you can now mm-hmm. do that. That's a new feature. So, all you Spotify listeners or Who Android people, Apple, get please. Spotify and please, please, please rate us, please. Yes. All right, please. So, we're ready for this? Should we actually get to the case now? <laughs> I this is going to be a long episode. I wanted episode. to tell one more story. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> About my life. <laughs> so, today. No, when I was five. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Let's get into this. <laughs> All right. I forgot I'm starting. Yeah, you are. Sorry. I'm taking another sip stop. of my drink. <laughs> you all stop laughing and start talking. Yeah. All right, all right, all right. All right, all right, all right. So, Marie Delphine McCarty. She was born on March 19, 1787 to her parents, Louise Bartholomew D. McCarty and Marie-Jean. Marie-Jean. I'm going to assume that's how it's pronounced because it's French. L'Arable. L'Arable. Miserable. It's probably like L'Arable. Probably. La miserable. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> I have to think about that. Obviously... I'm not good at French. <laughs> so, this is going to be a struggle. It's going to be a struggle. Her grandfather on her dad's side, Bartholomew McCarty, he brought the family to Louisiana from Ireland around the year 1730, hence the name McCarthy. Uh, so her family had been in Louisiana for about 50 years before she was born. So she's probably like second generation or something like that. Her family is also really well connected politically She had an uncle who was the governor of the Louisiana um, state, I guess you could call it something, and Florida during 17... I mean, it wasn't really a state yet, but the whole area. He was the governor of Louisiana and Florida during 1785 to 1791. And her cousin was the mayor of New Orleans, 1815 to 1820. So very uh, well-connected, I would say. So especially because New Orleans is like a really big port city so Mm -hmm. it's one of the biggest in the southern areas at this time 
So I'm going to give you just a little brief history of New Orleans at this time so we can kind of set the scene. So the city of New Orleans, or La Nouvelle Orleans, was founded by the French in 1718. It was meant to be an important city, and it was named the capital of Louisiana in 1722. It was a port city that was at a spacious distance from the English and Spanish settlements. And also in 1722, a hurricane hit the city, forcing them to rebuild. And at that point, they decided to establish a grid plan, although not everyone really listened to on doing that. So there's a grid. You can still see in the French Quarter part of the city now. I've never been there. It's on my bucket list. So anyone listening from Louisiana, tell us about it because I don't know anything about what it actually looks like <laughs> from aside from pictures and social media. We can't media. even pronounce French words. <laughs> never like, Get out of here. Wee, wee, wee. Passons. This layout, like I said, you can still kind of see the whole grid thing in the French Quarter, which honestly, every suburban area in California, I feel like is on a grid. So, or like Vegas, Vegas is very gritty and gritty. (laughs) 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 So the city encompasses a rowdier bunch. It's not really considered a family friendly town. It had gold hunters, trappers, people passing through, um, It had prisoners that were meant for the gallows, prisoners of war. Uh, A lot of slave trading was happening. In 1763, New Orleans was given to the Spanish after Britain's victory in the Seven Years' War. So it moved from French settlement to Spanish settlement. However, no one from the Spanish government officially governed New Orleans. So they were kind of just like a lawless area for like two years until uh, German and French settlers tried to take control over it, and then the Spanish were like, hey, 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 we're here, back off, go away, go read some books, and they take control again in 1768. Then in 1788 and 1794, two massive fires take out the town again because everyone around this time was building things with just wood, so things just burnt up all the time, I feel like. Um... And so the Spanish rebuilds, which is why there's a lot of Spanish uh, structures and things like that that still kind of exist like that in that time frame. And then uh, in 1800, Spanish signed Louisiana back to the French. And so again, we have French governing it, French buildings coming up again. So it's this really mix of like Spanish and French like kind of area. And also I was reading that there was a huge Filipino presence too at that time. So, hey, hey. <laughs> so, <laughs> and obviously Native Americans and, mm-hmm. you know, it was just kind of a little uh, melting area there. So, America. Uh, and America. <laughs> and then in 1803, the U.S. buys Louisiana, the big Louisiana purchase. So, a lot of back and forth during this time era that um, that Marie Delphine, a.k.a. Madame LaLaurie, uh, is born and growing up. She's uh, it, Just in her short, like, ten years of being on the planet, she's already seen it go through, like, three different government changes. which And, you know, two fires and I think a hurricane. And so, it's just, just a lot of chaos, honestly. Um, to see that. So you can imagine what the lifestyle would have been around there and just kind of who's making the rules and culture and it's all kind of all over the place. It's a really big fusion area. In 1805, it was recorded through a census that was taken that the population was 8,500 and was made up of uh, 
3,551 whites and 1,556 free blacks and 3,105 slaves. However, historians believe that it was definitely uh, miscalculated by a couple thousand people. So they estimate there's probably around 10,000 people, which is a pretty big number for that time era. So yeah, that's a big city. Yeah. Uh, So obviously, this is a very complex time, and there's a lot of things happening all at once. Um, And then when Delphine was just four years old, the Haitian Revolution was happening in 1791. So this was a time where a lot of slave owners in the South were worried about slave uprisings and rebellions, and her uncle actually was killed by his slaves around this time. And then a series of rebellions, riots, and uprisings happened. So Southern slave owners started treating their slaves even more harshly as their way to stop an insurrection which you know like <laughs> that, that's gonna help God. idiots so uh delphine was married three times during her life her first marriage was at, at the very young age of 13 oh um to a high-ranking spanish officer um and this was during spanish rule so don ramon de lopez y anguilo on <laughs> say that june, no <laughs> on june 11 1800 Um, And then by 1804, Don Ramon's rank had risen to consul general. And so he and Delphine were um, supposed to head to Spain. So there's two different accounts about her first marriage. One is that they made it to Madrid and the queen was apparently taken aback by Delphine's beauty. And then the other account, (laughs) she spread that one. (laughs) And the other account is that they never made it to Madrid and that Don Ramon was very sick and died en route to Havana. So during this time, Delphine was pregnant. Um, She either gave birth in Spain or she gave birth in Havana or on the ship, something like that. Um, But regardless, she gave birth to a daughter whose name was Maria Borgia Delphine, or Borquita is what they called her. Um, Borquita. It's like a little doggy, like a little chihuahua. (laughs) She named Borquita. A little chunky one. (laughs) Yeah. It's like walking around. I'm already picturing how cute it is. (laughs) I know. (laughs) I want to squeeze it. Um, so cute um so delphine and barquita um returned to norleans (laughs) yeah so that was a short marriage i mean she's like yeah so 1804 yeah so she's like yeah 17 or something like that when that happened shortly after her 21st birthday delphine remarried to jean blanc Jean was a pretty prominent lawyer legislator merchant and banker it's like all these guys that she is meeting and marrying are just like they're very prominent people and where are you finding these guys and have you seen my tinder matches (laughs) yes i have unfortunately (laughs) it wasn't enough that you had to see them i had to see (laughs) i had to share with somebody they're not matches by the way just people (laughs) yeah no not matches just people she's come across and believe me it's a a good time (laughs) it's bleak (laughs) the best option was a a picture of a bird (laughs) He's a pigeon. It's like, how is this my... My friend said, well, he looks like he likes fries. <laughs> Something in common. Cool, 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 cool. <laughs> Anyways, so she uh, married him. Do they have the date here? I don't see a date. For some reason, I thought I put a date in. But for some Oop. reason, yeah, they got married. And Oh, yeah. No, I don't know. They got married. I don't know when, though. Around her 21st birthday. <laughs> Uh, And then they bought a home together at 409 Royal Street. 
They had four children together. Marie-Louise Pauline, Louise-Marie-Laurie, <laughs> don't have other names here, Marie-Louise-Jean, and Jean-Pierre Pauline Blanc. <laughs> they literally, literally all have the same name. Yes, just all four names jumbled together. <laughs> so Louise-Marie-Jean-Pauline or Borquita. <laughs> so yeah, like literally, literally just it. like Marie-Louise-Pauline. Louise-Marie. <laughs> Louise-Marie-Laurie. And then Marie Louise Jean, and then the last one has all of them. It's like Jean, Jean Pierre, Pierre, Pauline. Pauline Blanc. Oh, yeah. it doesn't have Louise. <laughs> oh, so, okay. Her okay. husband Jean died in 1816, and so almost ten years later, on June 25th, 1825, Delphine married her third husband. She was 38 at this time, and her husband was much younger. I couldn't find out how much younger. All I could read Cougar. that he was much younger. So I believe that he was like. He was somewhere in his early 20s, like Probably. 24. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to guess that. Like in, I don't know, just the way that they made it sound. So mm-hmm. they together, they bought a, um, oh yeah, I'm sorry. And his, he was, uh, his name, let me give you his name. He was a physician. His, his name, name was, was Marie Jean. <laughs> 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 Almost. Leonard <No>. Louis <laughs> Nicholas Lalori, which is why we get the name Lori. So in 1831, they bought a property down the street, 1140 Royal Street. This is where all the crimes will happen. In 1832, she had built a three-story mansion there uh, with slave quarters. Uh, she managed this property from what I could tell. She was she was a woman in charge. She wore the pants as far as this property. I think... She had a lot more money than him. She had a lot more money than him. Yeah. And it just, and everything that we read about, he knew, he had to know what was going on. Um, yeah. But he kind of just also turned a blind They also didn't seem to eye. have that great of a marriage. Like, I, there's rumors that they only got married because she was pregnant. Oh. And, yeah. So, rumors, rumors. Rumors. Yes. <laughs> so, oh. here we are in the year 1832. Um, like I said, this is around the time that they estimate there was anywhere between eight and 10,000 people. The population has grown just immensely. Um, by the year 1840, which is, I realize a few years in the future, but I still want to let you know, New Orleans had become the wealthiest city in the U.S. and it was the third most populated city in the U.S. Um, and in 1830, natural gas was introduced. Railroads were being built all over. The steam-powered cotton press was introduced. So this is a time of thriving in the 30s, in the 1830s in this area. So, And Madame LaLaurie was a popular socialite who was thriving in this city. She threw very lavish parties. Um, It was said that women all said they wanted to be her, which, again, I'm like, is this a true rumor or is this like the queen? I don't know. Uh, She was considered attractive, though, and she just had her shit and everyone's like this is cool like so basically she had all her teeth she had all her teeth and bosoms <laughs> what a stutter <laughs> she had money she had property uh she was well connected like we said and her husbands all seemed like they were well respected men so yeah she uh she's got it made in the shade she was a, she was made yeah so there's no evidence that Delphine or Madame LaLaurie um, abused, mistreated, or tortured any of her slaves before. 
Um, but there's Which definitely evidence. Like, I know. I'm like, there has to have been an instance that just wasn't, you know, found yeah. out. So you don't just start doing something like this overnight. So um, there's definitely um, evidence, obviously, <laughs> that she did while she was married to her third husband. Um, it's very unclear if her husband was also involved in the torturing or not. Um, it was during this time in the early 1830s that rumors started to spread about missing slaves from Madame LaLaurie's property. Uh, so even though slavery was still legal and slaves were viewed as less than human, there were actually laws against the abuse of slaves. Oh, how um, kind. <laughs> I know, right? Um, but there had to be concrete proof that it was happening. So, you know, like, let's be honest, it's not... Even if there's proof, I'm sure there's a lot of, um, you know, blind eyes returned against right. any signs of abuse. So um, they're like, oh, he fell down the stairs. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> apparently, uh, though, neighbors did report to police that Madame Lollery's slaves were looking singularly haggard and wretched. Which I feel like they have to be looking pretty dang bad for... If other slave owners are noticing. <laughs> yeah. And for, for the uh, yeah. police report to be made. It's not yeah. like... Oh, one so I'm guessing they don't look something. haggard and wretched. I'm guessing one of them's like bleeding out or something. So <laughs> we're just like really skinny and starved or something like yeah. that, you know? Yeah. Um, but in the public eye, uh, Madame LaLaurie was said to be kind and courteous to freed and non-free black slaves. Um, she was even on record to have emancipated two of her own slaves, um, Jean-Louise in 1819 and De Vince in 1832. Um, however, investigators still went and checked up on, um, these reports and found that there was, of course, no evidence of slave abuse at her property until one of Lollary's younger slaves, one source is eight years old, another says 12, um, Leah, well, guess or time. Nina, <laughs> or Laya, <laughs> was brushing Lollary's hair. Um, it was some kind of uh name. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna call her Leah. There's three, like so. we said, there's like three different sources that are saying different things. So you're like, yeah, but and this be story real, people is all the are, same. Yes, the story is all the same. I'm sure that at the time people didn't really care what the little girl's name was, either. So, um, so she was brushing Lollary's hair when she hit a knot and it upset Lollary, causing her to grab her whip. So Leah ran away from her and ended up running to her death off the third story mansion rooftop. A neighbor saw the girl fall and the authorities immediately did another investigation. Um, and which this time they found evidence of abuse and the Lollaries were forced to forfeit nine slaves. Um, they were then auctioned off, but in true rich family politician fashion, right. um, her family bought all of those slaves and then Lollary bought them back from her relative. Can you imagine like you're like I'm finally getting out of this hellhole and right. going somewhere else and maybe somewhere else will be better than this place and then you get bought and you're like okay thank god and then you end up back here. It's... What is that Disney movie? Is it the Hunchback of Notre Dame where he's like I'm free I'm free and then he gets back put back into the stocks. Or... I don't know. I feel it's like one of those. And yeah. I just feel like that moment of hope. Like, when you said that, I was thinking of the rescuers awful. down under. <laughs> like no, the little like, iguanas yeah. or whatever. Yes. But yeah, it's in, it's in a couple of things. I mean, it's yeah. just. Oh, yeah, yeah. You went. I know exactly what part you're talking about. Yep. Yes. That is in the Hunchback of Notre Dame, which is also like kind of a fucked up movie. 
That would Anyways. be scary as hell. <laughs> it's like Frollo. Esmeralda doesn't get with him because he's ugly. <laughs> so, I, I know. But don't worry. All you're like, loved. Anyone can be with you. <laughs> but I'm going for the hot guy. <laughs> but not me. Not me. But not me. Anybody would be lucky to have you, but not me. (laughs) So uh, rumors were being at this point spread about the abuse going on in the LaLaurie's home. And during this time, 12 deaths of slaves were actually recorded by the funeral registers. The cause of death is not listed. um, But like we said earlier, there were still slaves that were just kind of disappearing in general. Um, One rumor that got out was that LaLaurie kept her cook chained up to a stove and she would whip the children if any of them tried to feed the cook which this one turned out to be true yeah so on april 10th 1834 a fire broke out in the LaLaurie home which originated from the kitchen and then was said to have been started by the cook who had been chained up um they were wanting to reveal their abuse and then not be punished um even further so when volunteer firefighters arrived on the scene, the LaLaurie family was busy trying to save as many of their own belongings as they could, um, and of course not helping save any of their slaves. So one of the firefighters was New Orleans Judge Jacques-Francois Kenog, who started to head... <laughs> I got the Jacques-Francois right, okay? Um, who started to head towards the attic um, because he knew some of the slave quarters were located there. Um, he was apparently stopped by um, Louis LaLaurie, who told him that he should see to his own affairs and not meddle in theirs. Um, but then uh, Judge Jacques-Francois got some other people to help him break down the attic door. And then a later account by the New Orleans, Orleans B described the scene like this. So, quote, Seven slaves, more or less horribly mutilated, were seen suspended by the neck, with their limbs apparently stretched and torn from one extremity to the other. Language is powerless and inadequate to give a proper conception of the horror which a scene like this must be inspired. We shall not attempt it, but leave it rather to the reader's imagination to picture what it was, end quote. And boy, did readers do that. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, so the people that were found, and I mean, not to... um, not to undermine the estate that these people were found in. It was horrific. I mean, so horrific that, like I said, the bee didn't even want to talk about or describe really what it was. Um, the people found in LaLaurie's attic had been horribly starved, beaten, whipped, uh, and scarred. And as Katie said, they had been stretched to the point of tearing their limbs, which is just horrific to think of that your limbs are literally tearing because you've been stretched so yeah far it's apart. complete torture it's yeah. disgusting disgusting medieval hor- horrific horrific stuff and to top it all off after supposedly being i mean they were rescued from this uh it was so horrific that people couldn't believe that this actually was happening that these poor slaves were taken to town hall for A, to get their wounds taken care of, and B, to be viewed by the public so the public could see what had happened to them, which is so fucked up. They go through all this fucking shit, and then the last thing you want to be is just have, like, your monstrosities and all the horribleness you went through and the darkness in your life be just on public display like that for people to come and, 
I don't even know if they were charging or what, but pay a dollar or something to come see this. It's it's like like your yeah. fucking circus act. Yeah, it's putting salt in the wound. It's disgusting that I mean they were taken from obviously people like the Lawlories who viewed them as inhuman and then further treated as being inhuman, inhuman by putting 4, them on display. Four thousand people yeah. came to see them. Four thousand people. I just think about like me coming out of surgery when I had my surgery a couple years ago and I had yeah. like a hospital room of like five people and I was already kind of like there's a lot of people at once to like mm-hmm. be here you know as I have like a decatheter hooked up to me and I'm kind of like what's going on at four thousand people like yeah staring so, at so you. fucked up it's like oh, but we're doing it to like spread the word and so that people will know what horribleness happened here like no you're doing it because people love staring at car accidents like they love it so so apparently these 4,000 people or whatever neighbors and stuff all heard about this and they got a mob together and they ransacked and destroyed the mansion and the Lori Flammy Flammy (laughs) (laughs) Flammy Flam uh, they fled to Link Pont Chartrain (laughs) that's probably a pump char train something looks like it yeah sure and then uh they later (laughs) went to patty so coward ass bitches hoes so uh that's run out on a log that's pretty much the only account given um of the treatment of Lollary slaves that is contemporary with the Lollaries. So accounts have surfaced much later, like in the 1940s and 1980s, with authors saying that slaves had been found with their bones broken and reset so that they would walk like a crab or their mouth had been sewn shut and their eyes gouged out. But these sources have never been cited and were written by authors trying to sell books about I think of like the coven season of American Horror yeah. Story. And yeah. kind of like that, like when I, when we th- first talked about doing this, that's immediately where my mind went to because Kathy Bates plays a character that's based on Madame LaLaurie, but obviously mm-hmm. it's very Hollywood and she yes. like puts a boar's head on like a dude and all this like, you know, voodoo stuff and yeah, yeah. And it's, I don't know. Which, it's very... I don't know. I mean, maybe some of that stuff kind of did happen, but who knows? I don't know. Lady we don't know. up. So I don't know what she did to these poor people. They're fucked up. Uh, But some of the stories, like, you know, the crab woman is, (laughs) I don't know. It bothers me because it's taking, like, I prefer Zoidberg. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, I'm a King Pran. No, but, (laughs) oh, my God, that's awful. So um, it's kind of taking away, you know, from the the brutal real-life torture of seven very real people who were in the attic. And I am sure... Like we said, countless others who came before that weren't found. Um, I, we both really, I think, have a very hard time finding that these are the only people that she did this to. You know what it does is it downplays what they went through. Yes, because it's like, oh, because look how much worse it could have been. Or yeah, whatever. because yeah. especially our need for entertainment. And I mean, mm-hmm. I love horror movies and stuff like that. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But it's like our need for that and just wanting it to be, make it scarier, make it more yeah. horrible. But I'm just like, really terrifying. This <laughs> like, is horrible. This is yeah. horrible, 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 horrible. Like, I mean, I, I wouldn't last a day like doing any of this no. at all. Like, t- 
literally thinking about someone pulling my leg so hard and for so long that my skin starts ripping. Like, that's, that's horrible. That is a horror scene. That is, I don't know. There's no need to really add in the whole sewing eyeballs on or lips together or stuff like that. Yeah. It's, it was horrible torture that these people, these poor, poor, innocent people went through already, so... But of course, yeah. Gone. But oh, did you crazy. hear? <laughs> yeah, it's like freaking crazy. Oh. Yeah. So, like Katie said, there isn't too much uh, concrete evidence, like we said, of what exactly went on in the mansion um, that's recorded, at least for us. I don't. I feel like at that time it was so shocking to them, or they just didn't want to record it because they just. I mean. I also think, I mean, they were obviously at a time where they were already worried about slave uprisings. Um, they probably didn't want to put too much detail yeah. into the newspapers because they were worried about, oh, well, yeah, we have to report on this horrible thing that happened to these people, but we can't make, you know, everybody else's slaves upset. And also, so, like, yeah. why was the family not fucking arrested that second? Right? Literally, as soon as they oh, the door open, I would have been like, fucking grabbing madame laurie by her fucking ugly ass hair and like putting her all all the family in handcuffs because whether the other people took part or not like it happened in the home and you obviously have to know that your mom your wife whoever put seven people up in the attic and was torturing them yeah (laughs) like change your cook to the stove yeah the cook to the stove and like all the other little girl people and stuff too so um, there are, like I said, a few articles that were written at that time in the papers, which it's hard to tell what's fact or truth or whatnot. Um, this was taken from the Pittsfield Sun, and they were citing the New Orleans Advertiser. They wrote this a few weeks after the evacuation of the slaves, and they said that um, two of the slaves that were found from the seven had died since their rescue because of their injuries, which I imagine makes sense because they're horrific and they were not cared for properly um and then they added on display yeah it's like no shit uh so they added we understand that in digging in the yard they had also found um, bodies uh that were in a condemned well like just kind of disposed of in this just like condemned well um, and they found, uh, there were a couple bodies that they found in there of slaves and one of them was a child. So, and this is not the little girl that fell from the roof. So it's like we said, we don't really know how many people Lori tortured and killed. Um, there's not like a really hard number here. So, and also like Kitty was saying earlier, the judge, Jean Francois, um, I don't know if he... It says that he was a, an inspector, but I feel like it was more like a firefighter was telling him this scene, and this is what he said. He said that there was a black woman found wearing an iron collar, and there was another old woman that had been found um, with a very deep wound on her head, and she was unable to walk. And that, like we said earlier, that when uh, the husband was questioned, that he was just told some people better stay at home rather than come to others' houses to dictate laws and meddle with other people's business. So, like, that just sentence alone just tells me that, like... He knew. He knew and was probably involved and probably got some kind of gratification out of it. Maybe he didn't himself apply the whip, but he probably was still happy to see it being done or something like that. Yeah. They're all just sick fucks. 
So um, after the Lollaries uh, fled to Paris, um, as Tabitha said earlier, when neighbors and more people found out what was going on at the mansion, they formed a mob and attacked the residents. So pretty much just the walls were standing. Um, and not much is documented about the Lollaries after this. Um, sociologist um, Harriet uh, Martineau's 1838 book, Retrospect of Western Travel, um, according to this book, the Lollaries escaped by coach to the waterfront, then took a sailboat or um, to Mobile, Alabama, where they boarded, boarded, eh, boarded, <laughs> boarded a ship to Paris. Um, some stories claim that Madame Lollorie died in a boar hunting accident, um, <laughs> but there's not really any validity to the story. It's so weird. It really um, is just a weird, yeah. Weird but what we do know after is that in 1924 someone working at a st louis cemetery found an old cracked copper plate in alley four of the cemetery that said something like madame la Laurie marie delphine mccarty um died on december 7th 1842 so basically she died december 7th 1842 at the age of 55 so it's weird though people... because the french inscription it's like cut off but it says la age de six and then there's like a number missing yes but i'm like when you do the math if she died in 1842 she'd be 55 so i'm like was she lying about her age or she was older than she i don't know said. no i don't know but people think that she they went to paris she died in paris and then she had her body moved back to be interred but I, you know, it, we don't know, and um, there's not really any records of this to tell us either way. Yeah. Basically, yep. the bitch got away with it. Yep. And yep, the entire family whole did. family got away with it. So, <laughs> so, I don't even, I couldn't even find any information on her kids or anything like that, so. Yeah. No, it's a lot of stuff, which honestly is strange to me, too, because it wasn't like it was that long ago. Like, it was and it wasn't. We obviously know a lot about this it's era. everyone focuses on the house, I feel yes. like. They focus on yes. the the horror scene that people walked into and, you know, oh, you, did you hear about what happened at that house or that mansion or that property? And then it, it turns into, you know. This crazy story. Yeah. And, yeah. Instead of actually trying to bring justice for these poor people. And also, yes. they're slaves. So... They're not yeah. valued the same way that mm-hmm. they should have been valued. They're not valued like human beings. So I feel like I'm that sure also makes the big difference there. That the law also wasn't too interested in prosecuting a very wealthy, prominent family for the treatment of their slaves in a case like Someone this. Someone who's politically what are they collect- gonna uh, do? connected as well. So Yeah. Yeah. Which just fucking sucks. You're probably given a heads up and enough time to get some things together before they left. So. Oh, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. So, like Katie was saying earlier, the media has really blown this story into one of this mansion, into one of the craziest haunted horror houses of America, which I'm not denying that it isn't because definitely horrendous things happen there. And I totally want to see this place. <laughs> Um, but after 1945, stories of the LaLaurie slaves became considerably more explicit, like she was saying earlier. 
Jean de Lavigne wrote in Ghost Stories of Old New Orleans, which came out in 1946, that um, it alleged that LaLaurie had a sadistic appetite that seemed never appeased until she had inflicted on one or more of her black servitors some hideous form of torture and claimed that when the people came and responded to the 1934 fire, that they had found male slaves stark naked chained to the wall, their eyes gouged out, their fingernails pulled up by the roots. Their joints had um, been skinned and festered, and there were great holes in their buttocks where flesh had been sliced away. Their ears were found hanging by shreds. Their lips were sewn together. Intestines were pulled out and knotted around naked waists. And there were holes drilled in the skulls, and a rough stick had been inserted in to stir up the brains. Ugh. Yeah, that's quite that's the sight. quite the sight. Um, she did not cite any of her sources for these claims, of course, and yep. they were not supported by the primary sources. This story was also further popularized uh, by a book called Journey into Darkness, Ghosts and Vampires of New Orleans. Uh, 1998, this came out by Kalila Katharina Smith. Uh, she's an operator of a New Orleans ghost tour business. <laughs> surprise, 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 <laughs> surprise, money pays. Yeah. Um, her book added uh, that in a victim, when they, of course, these firefighters come in and see this, you know, scene here, she added that a victim who obviously had her arms amputated and her skin peeled off in a circular pattern, it made her look like a human caterpillar. And then another, like Kitty talked about, this is where like more of the crab, the human crab thing came out, that someone's, a woman's limbs had been broken and reset at an odd angle, so she resembled a human crab. That's where that rumor came from. Um, of course, all these details are also unsourced, and they're not supported by original sources. And then, like how I mentioned earlier, uh, of course, American Horror Story is not trying to say that this is how things really were. Um, no. They're just no. They're just making a horror season, you know? Um, but yeah. Kathy Bates played a, a very exaggerated depiction of LaLaurie. Uh, so with all kinds of crazy stuff and that she was i think she was even like drinking their blood and stuff so she'd stay younger and, and like bathing in it bathing in and then it. she like lived until modern times yeah too, so. oh yeah she was like yeah buried in the yard or something i don't know yeah buried alive and then was like disinterned and was still alive the difference is american shit. horror story is not trying to say that this is fact no <laughs> like this uh, being american horror story katharina smith who's trying to make you know money off her ghost tour business or something so yeah and I'm sure, sure, if you go on a ghost tour now that you will still have people saying things like that there because we love to hear that shit when we go on stuff like that. So, yeah, it is. Uh, I did hear that apparently the creators of the Conjuring series have written a screenplay for a movie series on the Lori and they're starting to put it together this year. Again, it's not going to be super it's factual, but it's going to be probably horrifying <laughs> because the yeah. Conjuring is scary. So, and then are you ready for that yeah. Nicolas Cage fun fact that I promised you on our single shot? Yes. You guys I'm don't know. I'm always ready for Nicolas Cage. He loves Nicolas Cage. Fun fact. Fun Oh my fact. gosh. I invited him to the wedding. <laughs> you did not? Did you? Mm-hmm. I 100% did. And I'm actually kind of scared that he'll show up. And then Carter told me if he does, he'll be his caretaker. And I was like, thank you. 
<laughs> Nicholas Cage, please come to Katie's wedding. Nicholas Cage, if you're listening, because I know you listen to our podcast, Maybe. please come to my Maybe wedding. Maybe you'll March get 26. a letter like what I got from Obama. <laughs> if I got a letter from him, I would treat it like the Declaration <laughs> of Independence. I would pass it down through my family line in a frame. <laughs> I need to do that with my letter. So when I graduated oh college... They give you like a certain amount of invitations you give to people. And I gave them to people who could actually attend because my college was out of town. Mm -hmm. And I had three extras and I didn't really know who to send them to. And I was with Katie. I'm like, who should I send these to? And I think you like joked about sending it to the president. So I was like, okay, sure. So I like sent it to the White House. And then I sent one to Ellen DeGeneres because I was at the time I liked her. I don't anymore. (laughs) Not just because of this. (laughs) Shit's come out. (laughs) (laughs) I did like her at that time. And I think I want to say I gave the other I sent the other one to Jimmy Fallon. I can't remember. It was either Jimmy Fallon or Conan O'Brien. I don't remember. Something like that. Anyways, none of them responded except for the White House. I got a letter from the White House. It had the whole White House thing. And while I know it probably really wasn't President Obama that wrote me this fantastic letter saying about him and Michelle are so proud of me graduating. It's a beautiful, (laughs) beautiful letter. Um, I like to imagine that my college photo is on their fridge. And (laughs) that is how I will die. Just that I made it. So thank you, White House intern for writing Tabitha. That beautiful letter. Thank you, Obama, you mean. He totally wrote yes, it. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> but maybe I you'll forgot. get a yes. handwritten uh, letter from Nicolas Cage. I don't know. If anyone listening so. knows Nicolas Cage or has connections, <laughs> please. I will do whatever <laughs> it takes to have big, him. Big, big fan. <laughs> I, love, I love when people say that. <laughs> they go and take a picture like, big fan. And I'm like, but at the same time, I think I would say that stuff because what else are you going to say? I would just be like, why did it burn? Why did it burn? <laughs> Wicker Man, if you haven't seen it, do yourself a favor and go watch Wicker Man. It is his greatest, greatest film ever. Not the bees. <laughs> Not the bees. It's the greatest. It's full of like, you know, police detective work, trying to solve a crime. You've got weird spiritual Supernatural. Shit, supernatural. Bears punching old women in the face. Yeah, and just, Ugh. you know, earth. <laughs> It's great. Er, Anyways, Ricker, well, let me tell you about Nicholas Cage man. and how he's connected to this case. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's yeah, right. that's right. So <laughs> we'll just have a fun fan Nicholas Cage episode. <laughs> uh, in April 2007, he bought the LaLaurie house. I have even more of a reason to want to go. <laughs> walk, I'm looking for the walk, declaration. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, dude, what? It's got to be here. Thing. <laughs> the maps have led me here. So the eye showed me this. <laughs> it's really weird though because he did he bought it in a way where like he's not identified, but he bought it. He bought it through Hancock Park Real Estate <laughs> Company LLC. So he bought it through like a fake LLC. I mean a real but like fake LLC, you know, how rich people do that shit so they can have their money in like multiple states and everything like that. Oh yeah. Uh oh, he yeah. bought it for three point four five million dollars. And, uh, That's ridiculous. Yeah, his name isn't actually on the papers, but he bought it. So, kind of weird. I don't know why he bought it, but we don't know why he does a lot of things that he does. So. He does a lot of weird shit. He's a weird dude. He's a weird dude. He's a weird dude. That's why we like him. And then <laughs> yes. on November 13th, I guess he decided to sell it 
Um, the property was valued at $3.5 million. It was listed at an auction, but because of bank foreclosure and yada, 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 it was purchased by Regions Financial Corporation for half the price at $2.3 million. Well, not half he's the He's got price, a lot of money problems. Almost half so the I price. Can see this yeah, because he's investing yeah. in stupid shit like this. <laughs> yeah, no, he buys the weirdest shit. Like, the weirdest shit. And then was like, I don't have any money to pay my taxes. And I'm like, maybe you should <laughs> huh, have bought, the declaration like, wasn't in that place either. <laughs> T-Rex skeletons then. Like, what? Maybe he'll buy the, uh, the Lizzie Borden house. I don't know. That one makes more he sense. He could buy a house for me. I'll take it. Yes. So, yeah, as my wedding present, Nick. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Nick. So, <laughs> Thanks, Nick. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, so that's the horrible story of Madame Delphine LaLaurie. Um, all you ghost hunters who want to see the house, it still stands today at 1140 Royal Street on the corner of Governor, Governor Nichols Street and Royal. So here's a brief description of the home. Uh, the entrance to the building bears iron grillwork, and the door is carved with an image of Phoebus in his chariot, and with wreaths of flowers and uh, garlands in bass relief. Inside, the vestibule is floored in black and white marble, and curved mahogany railed staircases run the full three stories of the building. The second floor holds three large drawing rooms connected by ornamented sliding doors whose walls are decorated with plaster rosettes, carved woodwork, black marble mantelpieces, and fluted pilasters. So it sounds rich and bougie, basically. Yeah, it went through like a major um, like upgrade when... Yeah. Uh, I can't remember. I was going to look it up, actually. I think it was... Let's see, let's see, let's see in 1838 so after so the mob tore it down in 1834 and then about four years later it was rebuilt and that's kind of the appearance it has today so and it went through a couple things it was a public high school it was a conservatory of music it was an apartment building it was a refuge for delinquents it was a a bar, a furniture store, a luxury apartment building, Nicolas Cage's sex room. Um, <laughs> don't know. <laughs> a lot of weird things that went through. Um, I know, Jack, there's, like I said, I think there's ghost tours that I don't know if they go in it. But they definitely go by it. I think they go in Probably it. Probably go in. They should. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. they should. Like, places like that with a history like that i mean someone's gonna make money i think that's literally all they can be used for after something i like would never live there oh there. my god no i was reading stuff obviously i don't know how true it is that when it was apartments they couldn't keep tenants in there because the tenants would have like paranormal experiences and so they you know they couldn't keep tenants so they couldn't even keep yeah, it open as an apartment sense. i mean so, when i went there. to the lizzie borden house I I mean I just did like a tour and we didn't do the um the overnight stay which you can totally do. Um we thought mm-hmm. about it but I honestly kind of chickened out. I'd be out. terrified. I, I chickened out a little bit. I'd but be just terrified. doing the tour itself uh, it was creepy. Like it was really really creepy yeah. and we're definitely going to do the Lizzie Borden case eventually because we have to. Um <laughs> and because Tabitha's gonna get her ass haunted by us. Yeah, <laughs> I may be staring at some of the wood like shavings <laughs> of her house in a glass bottle that's on my shelf right now, but 
that's how I vibe. And Who's that's why weird shit happens, probably. <laughs> um, Jack yes. Osborne did a paranormal investigation in the house. Oddly enough, I couldn't find any episode of Zach Bagan doing it. Like, he's done what? New Orleans plenty of times. But he hadn't done the, and I, maybe I'm wrong. And if I'm wrong, send me a DM, let me know, and give me the episode link because I would totally watch it because I love Zach Bagan. But I couldn't find an episode where he did it. Dude. Missing out, man. But Jack Osborne did it with his show, Portals to Hell, on the Travel Channel. <laughs> and he went in there and did some stupid shit, like actually did some voodoo rituals and had a spirit board and everything on his show because the Osbournes are crazy. I saw that episode where they do the Queen Queen Mary and like was I watching that with you? They have, I think I did watch it with you because I was like actually. I definitely watched that too, but I don't remember. Oh yeah, yeah we watched it together. when I was at your house. They have, <laughs> yes, that's right. And then she had like all her little dogs with her. Yeah, <laughs> she's all Brookie. I love Kelly Osborne though. Like yes. she's so weird. I love her. Oh um, man. but yeah, they they're yeah, and the Queen Mary was also kind of weird. I did a tour of that too. Yeah, um, no, it's haven't there's some weird stuff there. out there. <laughs> but yeah, so. I definitely want to go to New Orleans. Really, really bad. Um, maybe this year I'll be It'd able be to such go. A fun trip. And I, if I do go, I'm definitely gonna check out the Lori House along with the Bloody Mary House and all kinds of other cool stuff. So, yeah. But yeah, so our sources for today, um, and I think I'm gonna start putting these in our show notes because. Why not? Um, so you yeah. guys can click on these things too. Uh, mm-hmm. Murderpedia.com, crimemuseum.com, historyofyesterday.com, the New Orleans Bee, neworleanshistorical.org, and academic.com. Um, and a lot of yep. these sources, they pull from other sources too. So Yeah, it's all weirdly interconnected and mixed up and who knows what, but... Um, you get the gist of it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, some crazy shit a, went down. Some crazy white lady tortured a bunch of black slaves and got away with it, basically. Yeah. So what's new? What's like, new? <laughs> what's new? It's horrible. It's absolutely <laughs> yeah. horrible. Yep. Yeah, no, it's it's freaking awful. So, yeah, that's... uh. there's your story for this week and if you were one of those people that happened to uh live in the house and have some weird story like tell me about it because i love hearing people's ghost stories um or if you live in new orleans and you know someone who knows someone who has like a weird story Mm -hmm. about it like also please tell me that i will totally love it and maybe (laughs) even read it on the show or something but um just be sure to email us at crimes.cocktails at gmail.com or you can DM us yeah. on our Instagram at crime, Crimes and Cocktails. Mm-hmm. Or follow us on Patreon. And thank you again, Donna, for suggesting this. Uh, yes. And other patrons that are listening, feel free to suggest stories. We'll be happy to cases. eventually look cases. into them. <laughs> yeah, cases, <laughs> not stories. <laughs> I don't want to hear about your life. You hear about mine. That's what this podcast is. You're going to hear about my life. Just kidding. Oh, my God. And everyone be sure to wish Katie a very happy birthday this weekend. Whoop, whoop. Yes. birthday's on Saturday. So mm-hmm. we will be living it up. <laughs> yes. And then in bed by eight because I'm turning 31. Oh, my God. <laughs> no. Party don't stop. <laughs> yeah. Party don't stop till my back goes out. <laughs> Just kidding. 
That's just a regular Tuesday night. <laughs> I know. Well, As I right sit now, here in my bathrobe with like <laughs> my face mask on and my like. I got my drink on though still. Got my drink on, girl. A cat on each side. <laughs> okay, there is a cat at my foot, actually. I don't care how old I get. I'm always going to get my drink on. You know it. She's so cute. <laughs> I know. While I was dealing with COVID, um, my boss was telling me that I should just drink like shots of Crown Royal and suck on garlic. If that has worked for you, let me know. Um, <laughs> and then my mom's, uh, of course, Hispanic thing was put uh, Vicks on your feet and then wear socks over it. I don't really know if it actually helped. I don't know. I can't tell. Every Mexican mom swears by that. I did so kind of I'm bathe not surprised in that your mom told you yeah. to. Yeah. Well, my grandpa told me to take shots of tequila. And then, of course, my brother just tells me to drink warm hot toddies. So, so he also great. just tells me to drink. So I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I just feel like get your vaccine and that is the best way to combat it guys because because i have my vaccine i didn't get my booster yet and it's so stupid because i was totally gonna get this week and then i got covid instead but maybe i'm now like extra boosted up because i got covid so (laughs) i think if you get the booster now you're gonna be indestructible Indestructible. (laughs) yeah because i got the freaking megatron (laughs) (laughs) i know Omicron. Protect. Tra- COVID in disguise. Yes. Yeah. I yes. had, it, it was such a, a bad, uh, I was talking to my mom about it too. Cause she's like, how did you know that you had it? I mean, I, I took a test. That's how I knew, but it was like a weird slow rise of things where it's like, well, my back hurts and that could be because of this. And then the next day it was like, my throat hurts, but that could be because I was hanging around a bunch of people who were smoking. And then it, like the next day it was like, well, my head hurts, but it could be because I didn't drink a lot of water the day before. And I don't know, like nothing ever hit me all at once. It was just kind of like every day was like a different symptom. And then by like the third day, I was like, I think I'm actually sick and that's what's happening. Let me get tested. And, but you know what? Here we are. Here we are. <laughs> we're good, healthy, strong. Yeah. I'm ready to party in San Diego. Let's go. Yes, (laughs) I know. I'm ready. (laughs) But also, be safe, guys. Use your hand sanitizer. Wear your mask. Do all your things. This time for San Diego, we're all going to test before we go. Don't worry, guys. And then, um, yeah, (laughs) then we're going to drink until it can't get us. (laughs) Because that's how it works, obviously. <laughs> oh, you know what? I'll just do all of it. I'll do the hot toddy, the tequila, and the crown royal, and the Vicks on my feet, and I'm good to go. <laughs> Take an Advil. Let's go. One tequila, two tequila, three tequila floor. <laughs> all right, guys. Have a great night. We will catch you on the flip side. Bye. <laughs>